Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome to the guest section of the program. Uh, my guest today is uh, Martin van Staden, who is a legislative and policy consultant for Sarkelicher, a member of the Council of the IRR, and serves on the Executive Committee and Rule Board of Advisors of the Free Market Foundation. He is pursuing his doctorate in law at the University of Pretoria. Martin wrote an article for us that was really quite intriguing. It was looking at the day, essentially, the day the ANC loses power and some other government, however it's composed and whoever it's composed by, takes over. And what they must immediately do once the ANC has been substantively uh, defeated in the polls. Martin, welcome again. Thank you. Uh, thanks for coming back to the RR show. Very intriguing. I, I like the idea that, you know, we, we're looking at the real possibility, if not 2024, 2029, there will be an end to an ANC majority government. And uh, you have advice ahead of that, um, perhaps hopefully sooner rather than later, as to what that government should be doing. What is your what is the reasoning behind your coming up with the four issues that we will that we will canvass? So hello, Sarah, and hello to your listeners. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, yeah, so the the reason I, I did this was because there is something called the presumption in favor of the status quo that I think uh, a lot of political parties and politicians in general succumb to. And mm -hmm. I don't think our opposition politicians are necessarily an exception to that. I mean, I think we've seen in some municipal governments I guess call it business as usual, not not mm -hmm. of everything, but of many things, where the ANC has been deposed from power and from one day to the next, things just basically carried on the same way. And uh, the big thing that stood out to me in this respect is that ANC caters, for the most part, are kept in place uh, when new governments uh, take over. And when pressed about this issue... Um, they say, yes, we can't just fire people. There is law, labor laws and there's contracts and we have to bear all of this in mind. And it's, to me, someone trained in law, that's such a sub story that I, I, <laughs> I, I really don't have any patience for it. I mean, if you are a political party with a real substantive vision and you have guts, so then you go for it and you fire them, you fight your battle on the CCMA, you win it and you carry on and you govern. But that's not the case. So I thought that it might be a good idea for the broad opposition in South Africa, but specifically their constituency, us, mm. to start thinking, well, what is it that this government would absolutely need to do very quickly? And once we formulated that, we need to start insisting on that even before that government uh, takes power. Mm. Because I think if we leave it to the politicians, they'll uh, talk a great game about what a change that's coming, but that that change might be uh, at an inadequate pace, or mm. it might never come at all. So that that's the broad reasoning for why I think even now, while the ANC is still quite firmly entrenched, the ANC and its partners, the EFF, are still firmly entrenched. I think we need to start formulating this this initial agenda that. The, the, op the broad opposition, if they ever take power in, as one party or a collection of parties, what they should do very early on. 
Martin, your first point, and you've, you've alluded to it uh, to some extent already, is it was in, intriguingly titled Send Them Back to Europe. And I must advise listeners that this is not a, a xenophobic flourish. What do you mean by send, send what back to Europe? Who back to Europe? <laughs> Yes, so uh, a big portion of, uh, a relatively uh, vocal portion of South Africa's electorate is very keen on the idea of sending someone back to Europe. And I thought we should give them that, but do I think need to be sent back to Europe are the labor laws that apply in South Africa. Our um, Labor Relations Act, our Employment Equity Act, the Minimum Wage, the National Minimum Wage Act, for instance, these are, in, to my mind, very distinctively Western European type laws. It's the type of thing you will see on the books in in, in France and Sweden, um, and it's it's quite surprising really that that uh, we have these kinds of laws in a in a regressing, de-developing economy like South Africa's. Uh, it, it seems very very much out of context, where we have upwards of 12 million uh, people sitting on, at the side of the road. Mm begging for work uh, but they are they they should feel lucky because they're uh, quote unquote protected by mm. South Africa's labor <laughs> laws so it's uh, it's actually uh, quite disastrous that we have these first world luxurious mm. labor laws that only price people out of the labor market and also keep non-performing employees and non-performing civil servants uh, mm. in their in their posts and allows them to sit there and spend maybe a year arguing in the CCMA and the labor courts before they could finally mm. be removed from their post. So I think the first thing that uh, a post-ANC government would need to do, and this of course assumes that they have a parliamentary majority, and that is to remove, uh, number one, the Labor Relations Act, which gives uh, trade unions almost uh, state-like powers, which is unacceptable. No, no private association should have these types of powers to, to effectively uh, strike and do whatever they want uh, practically uh, without the employer being able to respond in an appropriate fashion. So the Labor Relations Act would need to go. And I also count the Employment Equity uh, Act as one of the labor laws that needs to go. This is basically the basis of uh, affirmative action, which uh, essentially gives um, or requires uh, racial quotas in workplaces. That's now being uh, doubled down on by the mm. current labor minister with the Employment Equity Amendment Bill. So that's going to get a lot worse. Uh, so I would say that needs to be gotten rid of. And then I also have the minimum wage, National Minimum Wage Act in there. Because we really cannot afford to be pricing mm. anyone out of the labor market with our unemployment levels. Mm. But there are other uh, employment regulations and, and laws that I think should also probably go to the chopping block. But I think those three are a very, very important and good place to start. Okay. And I think the ANC a was wedded to international organizations like the uh, International Labor Organization. Um, and... You know, as you say, a completely inappropriate uh, structure for for uh, South African conditions. Your next uh, head, your next title, which I think would resonate with with a lot of listeners, is send them into unemployment and prison. And I, it, it goes a lot along the lines of 
the Minister of Public Administration, and the problem, of course, is you're going to, these people are going to lose their jobs eventually, mm. um, must fire every civil servant in the central government who was appointed by the previous government. And this must happen at local and provincial level. I can understand that. How? What should replace it? Mm. What should follow it? Yeah, so I mean, that's something that needs to happen very speedily. It can't happen all at once. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the state does need administrators and so on. But there needs to be a process that should start almost immediately to programmatically get rid of uh, any caterers and civil servants appointed by the previous regime. And they should be replaced on a merit basis by people who want to serve South Africa. And in many cases, it would be the same people. Mm. So I think it's fair enough to allow um, these these individuals to reapply for their old jobs, um, and they they have that option, and then to subject themselves to a real merit-based vetting process mm -hmm. uh, to see whether they can do the job, whether they are receiving, or whether they were receiving a appropriate amount of remuneration for the amount of work they were doing, which I think for many uh, the answer will be no. Uh, and for instance, for, for teachers to really determine, <laughs> did they pitch up for work? And mm -hmm. if they didn't, then they're out. But the, the, the process needs to begin with them being out of work. I'm, I'm very concerned that if it's a review where the new government comes in and says, we're going to review all contracts for the next four years, that's something that's not really going to have the type of speed and urgency to it that a real wholesale termination of employment would have. And this is effectively what the first uh, uh, item would enable. Uh, currently, this is impossible, given a host of, of labor laws and uh, uh, rules that make it virtually impossible to, to just fire someone uh, at will. Uh, but if our labor market regulation is reformed, then this will be legally possible. Uh, there will be pragmatic things to, uh, to consider how, how it's approached. Uh, but it will be legally possible, and I think it will be quite imperative to start with uh, this this firing. And then, of course, um, the prosecutions that also need to follow. There should be no more commissions of inquiry. The Zondo Commission has now done a, a good job of exposing what's been going on in the state, showing that it's endemic. Um, but now there need to be prosecutions. That will never, ever, 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 ever happen under an ANC government. And mm -hmm. I, I do feel... Uh, Quite, quite sorry for people who still hold on to this hope that mm. Ramaphosa is just waiting for a moment to pounce. Mm. Uh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so the, the post-ANC government will need to take the initiative here and immediately, um, hopefully with a new NPA, a new police service with new faces, fresh ideas, people there based on merit, hopefully they will be able to uh, grab the bull by the horns and undertake some successful prosecutions. But this, I would say, also needs to happen quite quickly. There, uh, there's, there, there is a kind of sense that comes with waiting where people just are just like, well, that'll do. We'll take care of it at some stage. I, I do think there is a sense of urgency associated with this. Yeah, and certainly, um, you know, you've got you've got a fair amount of corruption in the police force, which would which could be <laughs> by your prescription could be dealt with fairly quickly, and the NPA would they'd be forced to get rid of people that currently they don't trust because they come from uh, the era of of, of Jacob Zuma. Mm. 
The third point is headed devolve, devolve, and devolve. To where? As as low as possible. So the uh, the issue here is, and and this is a discussion that I've had with uh, quite a few DA people over the years, and that it, it it seems like our opposition favors devolution or decentralization of political authority. Only to the extent that the ANC is in government and they are in opposition. So it's a it's a case of mm. where we govern, that is to where authority must be devolved. And my concern, and I think this is a concern that many people would see if they just dig slightly below the surface, is that if a post-ANC government takes over, it could be a DA, FF+, Action SA, whatever, if they take over, the thinking in that government is inevitably inevitably going to be, well, we're in power now. So why do we need to worry about the over over-concentration of power at the central level? I mean, the good guys are here now. So let's, let's govern, let's use these powers that the ANC effectively has granted us and let's use them for good. And I'm I'm fairly certain that's the sentiment that that there will be going in, and I think that's something that should be resisted uh, by the electorate um, that that puts the post ANC government in power, because that's a very um, I guess unsustainable way to govern. Because the fact is, the ANC could come back, the ANC and the EFF could win a motion of no confidence within days of of the election that deposes them from power. And they could be back. And that is why I think it would be in the interest of, of all South Africans if a new post-ANC government immediately goes about devolving power. And I think um, it will be most practical to start that at a legislative level. Um, but eventually, I would say they should try to constitutionalize that decentralization uh, to the lowest level that they can. And that, mm-hmm. that in South Africa would currently be municipalities. So, for instance, I would say that to the extent that there has to continue to be labor regulation, I think that should happen at the municipal level. There should be little labor offices in in municipalities where in their circumstances, in their conditions, if there appears to be a need for labor regulation, then they will engage in that. And that will create a nice, uh, it will make of South Africa a laboratory of almost call it uh, economic prosperity where people will gravitate to those municipalities which have the best sets of policies, the best regulations and so forth uh, that that are conducive to a flourishing economic order. So I would say devolve that as as far as possible down, at least to the provincial level, but I think at best all the way to municipalities. I also think that uh, uh, decentralization of electricity in South Africa should uh, also be devolved, um, although I, I would I would rather it be privatized entirely. But but to the extent that that's not on the menu, I, I would say that the municipalities uh, should probably take over the yeah. uh, ESCOM infrastructure in their municipality. And and I know this this might seem nightmarish to a lot of people given the the state of local government in South Africa, and I understand that entirely. But local government in South Africa currently operates the way that it does because they have outsourced their responsibility and their culpability all the way to the central government, which uh, makes it imperative for us to end this type of rent-seeking. Right. 
Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Martin, um, I'll end with a question, but before that, I'll come to your fourth point, your fourth recommendation, which is cut, cut, cut. And uh, you're looking at government spending being cut, taxes being cut, and economic regulations being t- cut. Mm-hmm. Now, that to some, to a greater or less extent, has been has been expressed by the private sector and and individuals for years, and there's absolutely no sign that the ANC will do it. They keep saying they'll do something, but they're not going to do it. Yeah. Please give us your back your your view on why it is genuinely so crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, the the only way economic development happens is on the back of the private sector. The state is not a creator of wealth. It is always an extractor of wealth. Everything the state does, it does with money that has been taken out of the economy, money that was there that has been taken out and is being used for a different purpose. Whereas the private sector, everything that it does, it does with its own money and money that it gets voluntarily. Uh, So there's a, a profit motive involved. There is a sense of personal responsibility involved. Uh, And all of these things together are massive wealth creators that you don't see in a system where taxes are high and regulation is high. Uh, In in the Scandinavian countries, they got got to where they are on the back of a free market, and now they can afford high taxes and high regulations. Mm -hmm. Uh, South Africa never went through that necessary process. And we need to do that uh, first. And... (laughs) Uh, yeah, the ANC is certainly never going to do that. Uh, the current initiative to cut red tape is like all previous initiatives, all about uh, cutting around the edges, mm. to, to turning a 15-day wait period into a 14-day waiting period, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> but it's never going to be about eliminating VAT, for instance. There, You have to submit uh, huge piles of documents uh, to comply with VAT uh, as a business. That's a huge red tape burden that is imposed on small businesses. That's never going to go away. Uh, so any post-ANC government will need to seriously uh, and substantively uh, deregulate, cut spending and cut taxes. And I think we run into kind of the same problem here that, that we do have devolution. And that is that uh, the, the new government will think, well, the ANC has really gutted South Africa mm. uh, and now would be irresponsible for the new government to cut taxes and cut regulation because the new government has to rebuild. It needs all these resources. Mm. And that would be exactly the wrong kind of sentiment to come into government with. The the sentiment that the new government must have is that the private sector, and, and when I say private sector, I don't mean big corporate businesses and cent, and I mean ordinary South African small businesses mm. that the go on the side of the road selling fruit and, and food. The yeah. private sector will rebuild South Africa with the government support, yeah. not not the uh, government will rebuild South Africa with the private sector support. Yeah, no, and that's it, only possible when when that, there's that economic breathing room that comes with deregulation and lower taxes. I think it's 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 about it's about having the courage to trust the electorate, trust, mm. trust the citizenry. Um, Martin, the last question I wanted to ask you is. It seems like whatever happens, the ANC is going to lose power to most likely, more actually not most likely, probably almost definitely, coalitions. Mm. So you've got a range of both um, philosophies 
an attitude. You've got some, uh, there's a level of maturity to understand the necessity of taking certain actions and not others. But your coalitions are likely to include countries, uh, sorry, countries, uh, parties, what we call the rats and mice, who may have mm. very distinct politi uh, political philosophies. They're not as mature. They, they, they tend to be, may tend to be a bit combative. How? Because that's isn't that where you are likely to see that tendency not to act as quickly as you th as you say they should, and to get bogged down in the status quo, retaining the status quo. Mm. I think that that risk probably lies with the bigger parties, to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. uh, they have projected themselves as entities of stability and certainty and the rule of law. And that uh, in, in that respect, they will feel very uh, hesitant about sweeping changes that might upset the status quo, even though they, they will say they'll bring about changes to rebuild South Africa. They will be very circumspect about it. They'll call it... Uh, being safe, being responsible about it, when when I think wasting time will be very irresponsible. But but to your to your broader point, it's true. There there will be uh, rats and mice uh, around the edges. But currently, I think we're in a, a pretty good position, at least theoretically, in that the the main players in the opposition all ostensibly, at least, mm. share a dedication to the free market economy. So mm. the DA. Freedom Front, Action SA, IFP, uh, one or two others, uh, even the UDM, I think, has uh, something in its platform about free markets. Uh, so a lot of this is just empty noise, unfortunately. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm very concerned personally about what Action SA is going to do. They, mm. they, they seem to just go with however Herman Mashaba feels on the day. So I'm, I'm and the Freedom Front, for instance, in the... Uh, in a Northern Cape municipality, they voted for the EFF mayor uh, after the last election. And then a month later, they voted with the ANC to remove the EF, EFF mayor. <laughs> so it's <laughs> there's a lot of uncertainty uh, about exactly what posture these parties uh, will adopt. And it's not always going to be a principled posture. Yeah. Uh, but at, at the very least, uh, uh, there's, there's at least a grouping in all of these parties that understand that there needs to be a free economy and that must include a free labor environment, uh, a, a free a regulatory environment. And all of them are also quite keen on, on the law and order aspect mm -hmm. that is getting rid of corrupt and uh, incompetent uh, officials and prosecuting them. Right. So, so, I, so in, in that respect, we, we're, we're looking relatively good. So, so we're looking at actually a little bit of hope out there. Um, Martin, thank you very much for... Uh, an intriguing and unusual issue that will now, I suspect, be raised more and more uh, as people sort of factor in that sooner or later the ANC government is going to get is going to go. So thank you very much for starting the conversation. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Pleasure.